Screw ninja training. I'm signing up for the class taught by the Ninja Gardener. This is American Ninja on Stinker Madness. Hello and welcome to Sneaker Madness. I'm your host, Justin. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Sam and Jackie. How are you guys today? Hiya! I am excellent, Sensei. I'm better now that I got to see that movie again for like the ninth time. Hell yeah, man. This shit is amazing. We have a very special guest in the studio today. It's Joe Fulgham from the Caustic Soda Podcast. How are you doing, Joe? Hi, everyone. Uh, really happy to be here. I'm doing great. Thanks. Excellent. <laughs> That was my my crazed fan sound for Joe. Oh, oh my gosh, it's Joe Fulgham! It's like, very familiar to your Velociraptor sound. Yeah. <laughs> Joe at Budokan. Yeah. <laughs> Intensity in one city, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's two. Two it's cities, two. yeah. We're actually, we're, we're by country right now because we're in the U.S. And Joe, you're in uh, B.C., aren't you? British Columbia? Yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, which is basically uh, the, the town right next to Vancouver. So you could say Vancouver. And that's that's how your cohort uh, Kevin gets uh, to know so much about all the films that get made up there because he he's a he's an industry guy, isn't he? Yeah, Kevin actually works. Uh, he's uh, I believe his title is second assistant director is his regular job, and he works on a, a couple of shows and uh, is constantly doing movies and things like that up here. Yeah, he's totally involved in the industry. And you personally are a web designer, is that correct? Yeah, I uh, huh, my life is weird. I started off doing programming when I was young, which was a long time ago. Uh, hated it in college, switched to theater, fell in love with improv. Then the internet happened and I started doing web pages just because nobody else was and people started paying me. And I've been doing that for whew, 20 years now, oh my God. I think. Uh, uh, a long time. Yeah, and no uh, then the podcasting came along. Well, tell us about uh, Caustic Soda. What exactly is it that you guys do on that podcast? Uh, we do a weekly show. Every week we pick a different topic to focus on. Uh, it's usually something that's weird, gross, or disturbing, or, uh, you know, something that might make people uncomfortable. And uh, we try to, f and if it's not, we have done like a food episode. Uh, we try to pick the weird, gross, and the disturbing aspects of that. Food can be gross. <laughs> oh, food oh can let be me icky. tell you, Kasu Marzu is uh, pretty disgusting. That That is uh, cheese with live maggots in it. Uh. And uh, some people, some people don't, some people eat it uh, live. And apparently you're supposed to hold your hands up in front of your eyes when you do this in a sandwich because sometimes the maggots will jump out and your eye tissue is actually soft enough for them to eat. Uh, a lot of other people like to kill them first by putting the cheese in a, pla in a paper bag and waiting until the popping stops because that's when you know that they're all dead. Uh, and then you eat your maggot cheese. So, so essentially while not even the worst. They're trying, you're trying to eat them, they're trying to eat you. Yeah. It's a food yeah. competition. <laughs> Who comes out of this one alive? Yeah, and that's that's season one. <laughs> <laughs> and how 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 long ago was season one? How long have you guys been doing this? We're in our seventh year now. Oh my uh, gosh! So I think we're over three hundred episodes. We haven't missed a week. Uh, I actually haven't even missed our Monday debut yet. Like it's been pretty late on Monday some days, but we've never missed a Monday release. And uh, they're all about an hour long. Some are a little longer. Uh, a few are a little shorter. And you guys uh, sometimes have guests on your show as well. Is that correct? 
Yeah, we try to get, uh, I'm a big fan of getting the experts on because the three of us are not actually experts in the science and history aspects of the stuff that we talk about. So we try to get people on who know what they're talking about. We've got a couple of regulars. Uh, we have a lot of contacts with uh, doctors and scientists in the local area, and we can ask for people if they want to come on. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I was going to say a lot of them are doctors, and a lot of them have a wealth of knowledge about the grody oh. and icky topic that you guys just yeah. happen to be. I mean, I don't know how these people know so much stuff about just like, well, we're going to talk about something that's disgusting. You probably know everything about this, and then they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, doctors' jobs are way grosser than everybody thinks. Uh, we've talked about a few just truly disgusting things on the show that have happened to other people, and then our doctors say, oh, I've had something like that, and then they'll go into their terrible story. Uh, one of our regulars, uh, Dr. Rob Tarswell, uh, is both a, a psychiatrist and nuclear physician, and so he's dealt with all sorts of weirdness in the uh, crossover of those two. Yeah. That's what a, a show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get Sue, two super degrees there. He's also a pilot. He's also a movie producer. He races cars for fun. I like to call him the Canadian Buckaroo Banzai. Is he Hell by yeah. chance? Jimmy a, Wang Yu. Yeah. Is he an American ninja as well by any. any just... No. As a matter <laughs> of fact, uh, he's kind of the opposite of an American ninja because, as we talked about in our sports injuries episode, I believe, he mentioned that he once broke his ankle doing a forward roll in, <laughs> in, in junior high school. My favorite ones that you guys are doing are the evil dames in history. Those I love those ones. Yeah, yeah. Those are great. We've, we've got uh, evil dudes in history, evil dames in history, and also uh, evil duos in history. So we just go back and look at the worst people that we can find, uh, research as much as we can about them, and then talk about it and make terrible jokes the whole way through. Well, I got to say, Caustic Soda is one of the best podcasts that is on the internet. Currently, oh. I learn more about it than I ever... It's, it's my only source for knowledge nowadays, wow. because it's pretty... My, my life consists of shitty movies... <laughs> And then Caustic Soda. Uh, it's funny. It's uh, uh, great to listen to at any point, you, if, whether you're sitting around uh, playing video games or out on the treadmill, something like that. Uh, I highly, I can't recommend Caustic Soda enough. Yeah, thank you very much. I, it feels so great to get that kind of response. We get a lot of it. Uh, I, I'm really proud of the work that we do. We put a lot of work into this. We really want it to sound good and uh, have high quality information in there and be funny. It's kind of weird that we've worked that out for so long. I, I don't understand how we did it, but I'm really happy it's happened. Awesome. Well, we're stoked to have you here. And uh, let's talk about some American Ninja. Yeah. Let's ask Joe if he can relate to um, Ortega. Senor Ortega. Senor Ortega. <laughs> Can you relate to him, Joe? I mean, do you speak a little French? Do you do a little French accent up there in BC Canada? I think you're <laughs> misplacing which side of the country French yeah, Canada You don't is. know. Well, he could have a neighbor that's French-Canadian. He's like, yeah, that's Senor Ortega, my neighbor. He's an asshole. And he has those Canada eagles painted everywhere. Yeah, Canada is a bilingual country. I did take French. You had to take French uh, in high school up to, I think, grade eight or nine and then after that it was optional but the way post-secondary education works here is if you don't have french all the way to grade 12 you have to go to a local community college you can't go straight to a university so that's so probably was, what happened to senior ortega is he just had to double up on languages in bad guy school i think he was yeah. kidnapped by the french mm -hmm. because he is yeah. obviously spanish 
Well, I can yeah. tell. He had a Spanish accent, but I think was speaking French. I didn't really pick up what he was saying when he was doing <laughs> Yeah, half of it was gibberish. It was like, oh, go get yeah. that guy. There was times yeah. when he was talking to the head ninja where you couldn't understand what either one of them were saying. But they seemed like they knew what what they were talking about in the movie. <laughs> yes. So so you yes. just go with it. Lots of head nodding and gesturing. After watching this movie, I don't think it really matters what they said because none of their plans seem to be any kind of good. <laughs> <laughs> step one, come up with plan. Step two, come up with good plan. They yeah, blew yeah. step two. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> I really have no idea. I, I mean, I guess it's it's a whole uh, arms deal, you know, smuggling weapons, yeah. stolen weapons from the army. Yeah. But the dubious idea of just enlisting a ninja army to get the weapons is one of the strangest bad guy plans I have yeah. ever stumbled across. I thought he was just moonlighting and selling ninjas on the side. <laughs> oh, he's double dipping. Yeah, I thought that I wrote it down that he sells guns, drugs, and ninjas. Just whatever he gets yeah. his hands on that week. <laughs> He really did seem to be trying to to sell them when he was showing them off to yeah. everybody. Like so much so that during one of the show-offs, he let his head ninja kill another ninja during <laughs> one of those sparring matches. That was awesome. And I'm like, isn't that you only do that when you're trying to make a sale, right? <laughs> this is the big the big wigs here. They they probably they probably got to take that dead guy home with them as a, like a sample. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> Pass it out. It's yours your... to keep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang him up in your office like, when you get back. It's like a paperweight with a logo on it, <laughs> so they just give you the dead guy that they for the demonstration. Here, you'll remember. Or take an industry's dead ninja stamped across his chest. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like it would be all that messy because there was almost no blood in this movie, even though there was stabbings and slashings galore. Uh huh. Wasn't there, that weird? Yeah, yeah. Well, it is, if, if you're familiar with uh, the Canon Film Group, uh, these guys were notorious for fleecing uh, their investors as much as they possibly could. They would just, they would make as cheap of a movie as they possibly could get away with. And blood is really one of the things that uh, really never comes into any of them. Explosions. There's lots yeah. of explosions in canon movies, but uh, blood is just not one of them. No, they didn't. They would. And then they'd also use it to get PG-13 because they could go in and argue hard mm -hmm. that it wasn't an R movie because there's no yeah. blood in it. Right. There may be piles of corpses everywhere but at least those corpses aren't bleeding and you it, know what they were bi-racial in this movie all those ninjas had certain colors that they were associated with them so it's like you know you want the gold star ninjas or do you want those red ninjas to get their asses kicked and die during the demonstration yeah yeah the technicolor ninja trope going on in there with the uh, instead of having colored belts for their level they seem to have entire brightly colored outfits that they would wear that's uh, the, they're like ninja packages. You go in there when you're a bigwig, and you and then you've got the the red group and the the yellow group, and the red groups cost you know uh, half as much as the yellow, and so you order. I'll take three yellows, uh, two reds, and uh, one of those blacks. Those blacks seem like they know what they're doing. Yeah, they're, uh, they're yeah. expensive, but I so I'll only take one. But there's a oh, guy those that are the just price shows tags. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You just put that I on your you. uh, your order form, little check boxes, and then fax that over and. Uh, they should be out some ninjas. And then there's Senor Ortega's least favorite customer who just shows up once a month for two blue ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just shows up and buys two blue ninjas every month. It just bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, but the only reason we're stocking blue ninjas is because of this one dickhead. I, I've been trying to get rid of those blue ninjas for months now. <laughs> so much shelf space for ninjas. <laughs> Precious ninja inventory. <laughs> well, let's talk about, uh, of course, the star of the show, Michael Dudikoff. 
who looks damn sexy in this show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he took off his shirt. I was like, whoa, mama, now I know why you were cast in this movie. Well, he was a model right before yeah. this movie. He was really not much of an actor. A lot of uh, uh, TV roles here and there, bit parts. But uh, this was his first... He's the lead well, in this one. This is his first lead, yes. Yeah, yeah. so... I love the nipple close-up. This is <laughs> That's like the best part. This is prime buff Dudikoff. There was an awful lot of focusing in on men's bodies in this. Like, we talk a lot about the male gaze. This didn't feel like a male gaze, or if it was, it was a gay or bi-male gaze, because they really enjoyed showing sweaty, oiled-up, muscular men with their shirts off. Oh, yeah. This movie was for me all the way. And everybody was just way too eager to get those shirts off. Just can't wait to pull that shirt off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Dudikoff is, uh, he's, he's, he's a rogue. He's uh, not your average military guy. He doesn't even want to be there. He's uh, forced in the military because he's lost his brains. He's J- Jason Bourne, essentially. He's, he's got exploded, and some guys found him, and he's uh, like, I don't know who the hell I am, but I'm going to cause some trouble. Hey, right. Buster, you're causing too much trouble. We're shipping you to the military. Yeah, he killed a guy in prep school, and he's chosen <laughs> yeah. to go to the military rather than prison. Mm-hmm. They found this white kid on an island in the South Pacific, and he had no memory, and they went, oh, you're white, you must be American, we'll take you back home. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you're you're definitely no not French me. or Spanish, uh, because uh, you know we've already got one of those guys in uh, the movie, so you're clearly American. Yeah, yeah. It was, the background story just, again, was like, ah, that'll do. A lot of this movie was, that'll do. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> I personally like, though, that they gave him, and maybe this is just me, but it looked like his mascara ran in a couple of scenes because <laughs> his eyes get all black underneath. Uh-huh. Oh. But then he's he's got this steely gaze like, I'm a badass. And then he's sitting there flipping the knife right before his mascara starts to run. Well, he, he is easily the coolest human being any of us has seen ever because we're we must say that otherwise he will kill us with his uh, uh car tools like he'll throw a, a a monkey wrench into your face and you'll die tire iron yeah he's easily the coolest man i've ever seen i'm only saying that out of fear of michael dudikoff in american ninja he's uh as you said he's trying his best james well dean. that's what uh golan menahem golan said that he looks like james dean that's why they cast him in it specifically because both Furstenberg and uh, Golan thought that audiences did not receive a female lead in a ninja movie very well with Ninja 3. Mm-hmm. So they bring this guy in because Golan thinks he looks like James Dean, and then they force him to act as close. Like, he's doing Dean poses the entire time. The entire time. Oh. Right at the very beginning, out, out of the gate. They're having this hack, hacky sack competition on the army base. And he's just leaning against this army truck going, like, he's sticking out his lips and squinting his eyes. Is, like, he can't even see what they're actually doing because he has got his eyes so squinted because he's just so damn cool. Yeah. The hacky sack was great, especially the claim that the guy invented the game. And then when he went to join in, he motions over to Joe and he goes, come on, we got to even out the sides. And I'm like, there's no sides in a hacky sack. <laughs> you get stoned and stand in a circle and kick a bag around. That's and, it. That's the game. And then he throws it around like he knows, like he's violated the only rule in hacky sack <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. you can't use your hands. <laughs> That this was the movie the going, okay, everybody get this. We're not dealing with reality here. This is a completely different universe where everything works differently, including hacky sack. <laughs> it's bizarro Philippines. 
Yeah, so he's there and uh, uh, he doesn't like it and nobody wants him there really because he's too much tood for him. Uh, but there's, I don't really know what this military base is. It seems like what they do is manage weapons that people want to steal. That's their only job. Well, I would say that they have a base that's full of guns and then they drive those guns around in a circle hoping that they don't get hijacked. But every time they just seem to get hijacked on that loop. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we find out why that is, though, later in the movie. <laughs> right, right, yes. right. But uh, so they're running around with these weapons. And we got to mention the colonel and his daughter as well, because she's part of uh, transport duty as well. Hey, we're going to we're going to move these weapons around again in a circle. This time, uh, take the colonel's daughter with you, you know, drive her around for a little while. I don't know where they're taking her or what, what the point is, but uh, I think that later on in the movie, we learned that he, she's trying to get back down to California. From the Philippines in a car. It's yeah. never going to work. They're trying to get her to an airport that, you know, never materializes. It's an army base. They have planes. She only goes to three places. The army base, her house, and that restaurant. That's true. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, and, well, the, and the and the Operation uh, Daughter Convoy at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, she gets kidnapped oh, yeah. and taken kidnapped, into the compound. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert, she gets kidnapped and taken. Hijack! Ninjas everywhere. Dudikoff flips out and starts killing everybody, and then the ninjas kill everybody. And this is electric. This this <laughs> first fight scene in stupidity. It is amazing, and oh. Dudikoff is coming out hot. Like, forget the lines, forget the delivery of his acting. He is giving everything he possibly can to be American Ninja. Yeah, uh, against the best wishes of everybody else. The, the people that <laughs> jumped them, the, the rebels that jumped them, they've done this multiple times before. There's never been a casualty. They just go, if you do what we say, nobody will be hurt. And everybody puts their hands up and says, okay, you can take it. And for no reason at all, I mean, I guess because he sees the girl is there, uh, Dudikoff decides to just start attacking everybody. And he gets, I think, four people killed because mm -hmm. of that. Yeah, yes. four, four soldiers. Four soldiers are dead because he decided to fight when they said, if you don't do anything, nobody, nobody will be hurt. So he makes the worst mistake in the first first encounter. His his interaction, because the other the guys that are there, are the construction guys, the hijackers, are just like schmoes. They're just thugs, general thugs with yeah. guns and yep. stuff. His interaction mm -hmm. causes ninjas to come flying out of everywhere with swords and stars and explosions and... Uh, all the all the stabbing material that they could possibly get their hands on. Yeah. Well, and how weenie and does does the army look at this point? That you've got the same amount of rebels. They they're holding you up with guns, and instead of fighting back like you're trained to do, you know, and protecting your cargo, nope. This is like an air giant airline hacking. Everybody just put your hands up and get the hell out of the way. Yeah, it's like they're. This is the army of the bank. Just let him take it. Don't get in the way. Nobody gets hurt. Well, I'm wondering, because it, it's brought up later, the colonel's like, there was nothing in that convoy that was worth you protecting. Then what's the point of the convoy? Well, he's lying, obviously. Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. everybody knows that sandwiches are... I mean, in the Philippines, yeah, you, you got to protect the P&J. The PNJ, PNJ, huh? Peanut butter mm -hmm. jelly sandwiches. I'm pretty sure that that was what was on that first truck. I don't think so. I think it was uh, super sweet guns, like we see later. Oh, you know, I have a logistical. Well, that blows my whole theory yeah. about this movie. <laughs> I have, a, I have just discovered a logistics error with this whole plan of theirs because the rebel guys 
I don't know what they're rebelling against. They take the trucks every time. At what point do they run out of damn trucks? Yeah, it is unlimited uh, trucks. They have so many trucks. Yeah, do you think maybe the rebels return it? Yeah, like, so oh, the trucks are back. The, you don't kill the goose that lays the golden egg. You, you give the goose back. Thanks for the eggs. Here you <laughs> how, go. How did that get tr- that truck get back in its parking spot? That's amazing. Oh, well, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Go about your day. Well, Never yeah, exactly. Wasn't there a minute ago. <laughs> don't worry Ninja about that. Trucks. Don't question that. So, uh, needless to say, the uh, daughter is there, and she's freaking out and going, oh, my God, and she, like, panics and takes the car and crashes into a tree she she does is not one of the wor- worst drivers i've ever yeah, seen the guy that yeah. shoots at her misses and so i put bad shot worst driving indeed because <laughs> she just drives into a tree immediately and turns it over and turns over the car and then apparently like with the force of that shakes one of the palm trees loose because it almost falls on There's her just after a that. shot of a palm tree falling and she's like i but I, I kind of thought that maybe the ninjas cut the tree with their sword and it was like gonna fall on that her. I it's just it was just a bad palm tree. <laughs> Poor, poorly made palm tree. I feel like everyone in the movie world just stops and goes, Oh, it's one of those bad palm trees. It just <laughs> fell. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> so uh Joe gets a hold of her, uh Dudikoff, as we should mention his character's name is Private Joe Armstrong. And uh, he he takes her and runs her out into the woods, and she's freaking out, and she's like, she's sassing him about saving her. Like she's the line I wrote down is, "What do you think I am, Jungle Baby?" And then she freaks yeah. out about her shoes and skirt, and she just she's got a running commentary like the like the lead in a uh, Frankenhooker, just constantly yapping, not really saying anything. <laughs> yeah, describing everything that's happening. Oh, there's a leaf over there. Okay, well, now I'm walking on some sticks. Oh. Yeah, it was those choices that really drove home the pro-male kind of anti-woman aspect of this show <laughs> because, like, they never even really, like, focused in on her in any kind of sexy way. She was just there to kind of be annoying and make bad decisions and let him be the cool guy to do it right. Uh, and then she's kind of forgotten until the few times they need to trot her out as like uh, a reason for him to leave the base or getting kidnapped or whatever. It's it was, She wasn't wanted in that movie, it felt like. <laughs> no. <laughs> and even costume-wise, they're putting her, put her in clothes that are like four sizes too big constantly. She's just swimming in them. You have really no idea on whether what she really even looks like. It's weird. Yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty frumpy in this film, but... Uh... Yeah, so she's definitely not your, uh, she's a damsel. She has no, she's nothing other than, as Joe said, just a damsel. But uh, she's yeah. an annoying damsel, because if I was due to cop, I'd be like, you know what, I'm just going to go back to the truck. Uh, good luck, lady. I don't I don't want to be here. I'm, I, I, I have no loyalty to you or the colonel's daughter, so uh, good luck with the ninjas. Maybe it's because he doesn't say anything and she says everything. She's the yin to his yang oh. immediately. Ooh. Opposites yeah. attract. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Abdul and a dancing cat. He's like, I don't have to talk to her. She's going to do all the talking. So he en- ends up eventually tossing her into a river because the ninjas are chasing. And uh, the ninjas now can't find them. I don't know how they hold their breath under the water so long because they don't have like those little n- typical ninja bamboo reeds that you stick up and breathe through. And she's not even a ninja. She sh- She couldn't even do that if she had one. No. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he cared if she drowned. It's just like, let's go down. I hope you make it. We'll see you when we get up. 
And at this point, I wonder if the actress is just like, no, during the movie, because her previous film was when they almost killed her in Friday the 13th, part four. And they're like, more water scenes, huh? Mm -hmm. Awesome. So uh, the ninjas can't find them, but they they take all the guns and they make off with the the trucks. Except for the one that gets exploded. Yeah, there was one that uh, Joe caused to get exploded. Yeah, explosion within the first five minutes. I was I was impressed. That one's not making it back to the motor pool mysteriously. Nope. <sighs> Four guys and a truck lost. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Armstrong. You know how much those trucks cost? The guys are cheap. <laughs> so he uh, brings her back to the base after getting her uh, naked. There's a whole naked scene here that doesn't really... They're drying off their clothes, yeah. Justin. It's not a naked scene. It's not really... Like, it's just but unnecessary. it's not her being naked. Right? I mean, she kind of is, but she's in the background, and he is right up front. With nipples out. Showing his nipples. He's all buff and flexed. Yeah. Greasy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, actually, uh, I heard the reason he was totally sweaty was he actually contracted malaria while they were filming this. Yes. And one of the symptoms of malaria is profuse sweating. So you can actually see that he's like way wetter in a bunch of the other scenes. Knowing knowing those two, knowing Canon Films, they purposely gave him malaria so that <laughs> he would be naturally sweaty so that they didn't have to spray him with the grease. It's just That's saving right. them even more money. That's right. Yes, <laughs> malaria, totally inexpensive. And uh, what's his face? Steve James is just a Canon favorite because he's just a sweaty guy. He's just a sweaty guy, <laughs> naturally sweaty. So I'll back in base... Sweat. Back at base, they've uh, they explained that this is the third time this month that they've been jacked by these ninjas. It's just a, a running theme. They cannot keep their hands on any weapons. Who's bringing these weapons in? Because eventually, somebody's got to go like, you know what? We just brought you a shitload of weapons, and you couldn't keep your hands on those, so uh, we're not going to give you any more weapons. Yeah, there has to be an outside. There's somebody else in on this on the outside. There has to be. It doesn't work with just the Colonel Hitchcock and... Senor Ortega. Yeah. You don't know that. He's got a sweet bolo tie and one of those studded belts with a huge belt buckle straight out of Texas. He he could just be the guy. Maybe. He'd be like, I'm from Texas. You do what I say, I'm going to shoot you in the face. So can we talk about Colonel Hickok? Because his middle initial is T. Yes. And when you see them close the door to his office, it says Colonel Thickcock. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, That's awesome. And that is prominent in so many, on his desk, he's got a, a weird little uh, nameplate, and the T is nice and big, yeah. so that you can definitely read it says Colonel Thickcock. I have seen this movie at least eight times. I never caught that. Oh, my God. I have a great screen capture before you. It is fantastic. <laughs> so that's that's what I called him. Uh, I actually watched this show with Eric Fell of The Gentleman Hecklers, uh, and he was pointing out stuff like this to me. It was fantastic. Uh, the Gentleman Hecklers are local guys who do movie riffing live here. They're fantastic. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, General Thickcock is, uh, he, as Jackie said, he's... A bigger man with a bolo tie and a cowboy belt, and he really likes things like John Wayne and cowboy hats, and I don't know where, I is that just like, ah, he's American guy, this is what American guy is. I don't know where the whole cowboy, his character sucks. His character sucks. <laughs> oh, he's so bad. Like, his very first line, he's saying goodbye to his daughter, and she says, I love you, Dad, and he says, take care, like a robot. <laughs> and, and then... Watch his eyes. She walks away, and he watches her ass. Like, she's off camera. But he's, like, looking right down at her butt, kind of giving a weird little creepy smile. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, another great uh, bunch of lines with him is when he's 
interviewing uh, Stephen James, uh, James goes, have you ever heard of ninjutsu, sir? Mm-hmm. And he goes, what's that? It's the secret art of assassination. Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just said you did. What's that? Like, stop. At least stop yelling. It was, again, that'll do. <laughs> tell the audience, but we we're going to tell the audience what ninjas are in case they don't know. But we can't have this colonel not know what they are. I guess. I. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the 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 canon films love ninjas. And they really have no idea anything about ninjas at all. No, it's like Robert Hamburger is Menahem Golan's grandson or something yeah. like that. Go it's ahead and write this movie. The same sort of ideas behind ninjas are on the realultimatepower.net. Six-year-old child, go go ahead and take over the script here. So uh, everybody back at base is pissed at Joe because he's got all everybody dead for being action guy. They're like, no, you're no good around here. We don't want your kind. We don't take kindly to your kind at this army base. Well, you know, they left all of the uh, heroes in Vietnam. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> that, that was a really poor comment. <laughs> Not cool. Like, we don't take kindly to that hero shit. We, we left all that back in Vietnam. So the army now is just custodians? Yeah, they just jog around and uh, get shit stolen from them. Not a nice thing this, to say about the military no, in 1985. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know, the United States at that point is not in any major wars, but dude, you never know. There's never any, there's no good way to take that comment. No. <laughs> Just any, any path you take, what they could have meant by it, it's all bad. We don't like those pussies in the military. We just like to do push-ups and take our shirts yeah. off. <laughs> Did you notice when they were jogging, they didn't even like have a, a cadence. They were just going, ha, ah, ah, oh, ah. It's making sense. They didn't even have like a cadence. So they just, ah, ah. <laughs> like they're supposed to be doing the I don't know, but I've been told thing. Yeah, but they're just going, ha, ah, ah. Maybe everybody was fat and out of shape. Yeah. They're just breathing. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's all right. We've only got 10 feet. Prime. Oh, no. Yeah, their, their military performance throughout the movie was so bad. It felt like it was just a bunch of people who'd heard about the American military. <laughs> Because, like, everybody's standing out in the open. Uh, everybody has overly long hair. Uh, one guy had that weird hipster mustache, which might might be pushing the edge of regs. I don't know. But I was like, really? On top of that, you're totally stoned. Like, there's no way you're delivering those lines without a high amount of THC in your bloodstream. Yeah. And uh, uh, we cannot go any further without mentioning Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's awesome. The guy with the uh, Happy Days haircut. The poof. The poof, yes. He's got some sweet hacky sack skills. We've already mentioned him once. He invented it. Yeah, he invented it. And he is the ultimate doofus. Like, this guy is... He's Dom DeLuise, essentially, of this film. Like, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't... I kind of liked him because at least he was dumb. Like, (laughs) he's kind of dumb. So that's why he does dumb things. All these other people were supposed to be cool and smart, and they were still doing dumb things. (laughs) So uh, I I appreciated his character, actually. And I thought he might have been... I mean, he's not going to win an award for it. But when somebody (laughs) says... When somebody says, play this annoying know-it-all guy who hopes everybody is, is his friend and you work in the military, he was like, okay, I'll do that. And I, I, he did a pretty good job. 
I didn't hate it. His hair was bad. But... His hair was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was the 80s. We Oh, man, do not even ask me for a photo of me in the 80s. My hair was worse than his. Well, okay. I, I had the flat top with the party in the back myself. I oh, had the man, dickhead. I... <laughs> What's the dickhead? It's when you uh, have perfectly long hair that stretches down to your ears, and you comb it straight down the. You part it right down the middle, so it's your head is shaped like a dick. <laughs> oh my god! I had a sweet perm. Oh, the uh, perms see, are nice. I uh, I wanted long hair, but my mother said you can't have it long in the front. So I ended up having what we in Canada then called hockey hair, but oh, yeah. you would know more famously as a mullet. Yep. Yeah, yeah, those were dark times, the 80s. <laughs> Your mom was like, oh, you're so party in the back. <laughs> the early 90s weren't any better. The step cut and the mushroom were just as bad. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I was with the grunge people in the early 90s, so I just had friends who just grew their hair out just long. And didn't shower. Uh, some of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get introduced to, as uh, we mentioned, Frenchy Mexican Captain, or... What's his Victor Ortega. Victor Ortega. Senor Ortega. The Spaniard. Yeah. Oh, hello. Oui, oui. <laughs> I, am, I am very Spanish. You have seen España, yes? And he's got... Uh, he's a got la a, croissants. He's got a giant compound <laughs> that uh, he's, he's showing around the big wigs. He's got uh, a ninja gardener, and he owns everything that the eye can behold in front of you. And he's also got a ninja training camp. In his backyard, which is pretty sweet, he uh, gives the demo that we mentioned, uh, where Black Star kills the guy for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And and you have to mention these sweet punching bags that have the knives in them oh, that yeah. are set up on the swing set that you push and then you try to get get in between them. Dodge the knife bales things. <laughs> yeah. Why are those not that? just like sharpies? instead of knives mm -hmm. right like because mm -hmm. you send your newbies through and then they get black marks on them and go oh i would have been really hurt maybe i'll practice some more instead of go through oh stabbed ah sepsis well we've always got more ninjas coming up yeah they where do they put the dead ninjas like i mean if they're if that it's really stupid because there's going to be dead ninjas well they, i think that's why that garden out. is so green <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so uh, he's making, he's striking to deal with this big wig. That, do we know who this guy is that he's striking this deal with? Captain Tallpants. Yeah. yeah. And he speaks Spanish, but he doesn't have a Spanish. He doesn't even have a name, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. He seems like he's like a, he's just a big wig, an unnamed big wig, like maybe yeah. a U.S. senator or something. I don't know. Well, if he's, Which... he's got to be foreign because he's buying U.S. arms. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, the we hear later that it's so that they can be used to fight against communist rebels or something. Like this is some weird version of the Iran Contra deal that I think somebody's pulling off on their own. Mm -hmm. So it's again they go ah, that'll do. Yeah, that's a decent theory, Joe. Because uh, if you're familiar with the film The Delta Force, that movie was based off of the uh, the hijacking of the the Israeli. And hostages the, situation uh, in eighty one. Oh. Yeah, that that Menachem Golan was like, we are going to do a movie based off of this real thing, and then they just made it super stupid and silly. So yeah. I'm not sure that you're wrong. No, he's absolutely right because the politics of Golan and Globus make it into their films at every level, mm -hmm. constantly. Yeah, yeah it's, they're, it's they're... eerily similar to the Iran Contra business. 
there is a scene later on where where they're talking to Colonel Thickcock and he's like, no, but if you don't do this, the communists will win. He's like, ah. <laughs> so it's, it's mentioned like very briefly. Damn you, communists. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, Captain Thickcock, they're going to lose. But uh, back at base, Joe is still getting hassled and now Steve James is getting involved. His name, his character's name is Jackson. And, yeah, Curtis uh, Jackson. Curtis, yeah. He's going to get in a fight with him like, hey, Bud, we don't we don't want you around here. You think you're tough? Well, I'm tough, and you're tough, and we're all tough here. But let's see who's the toughest. Take and, our and shirts quite off. Quite rightly, quite rightly, they hate him. Like four of his friends are dead. This guy shows up out of nowhere, fights when they don't have to. Four of his friends are dead, and a truck gets exploded. So yes, of course you hate this character. And when uh, he's not killing, getting his his uh, colleagues killed, he just leans up against a truck and looks cool. Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't actually do anything helpful. He's a loafer. <laughs> <laughs> so they fight, and uh, Joe beats the hell out of him with a lawn hose. He keeps putting him on the ground. He puts a bucket on his head. Some and real like, Skywalker bullshit yeah, here. Yeah, Luke Skywalker fighting yeah. a, a target blaster or training blaster. Uh, drone thingy dingy type situation but uh so they're buds now because they fought and i guess that's all it takes yeah you know yeah you got good moves again made no sense like your four friends are still dead the guy's still a dick and he was a dick because he fought and now he beats you so you're friends again it was the line was i wrote it down curtis jackson is man enough to admit when he's wrong (laughs) curtis Curtis, buddy, you were not wrong. This guy is a danger to you and your friends. Looks like you're okay, pal. Yeah. But uh, so so it, it, he like turns to the rest of everybody that is now gathered around to watch the scene. He's like, hey, he's cool, right? Everybody, this guy's, this guy's okay. Now everybody at the base is also okay with him. Yeah. Yep. Joe's our guy. Yeah. This is just That'll sort be. of how the first three days for everybody pan out. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, we know how things pan out across the island at Ninja Training Camp in the first three days. Many stabs by hay bale swing set obstacle. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what kind of got me, too, is that Jackson is supposed to be the camp uh, martial arts guy. And he says, I've been training martial arts for the mili- or for the army for years. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what? That's not even like a real thing. And he wants to know, like, where he, he's obsessed with finding out where Joe got these skills. So like, that they can yeah. put on a wrestling show. <laughs> No, they're going to do it there for some cash. Because he says it. They love it over there. We just got to do a wrestling show. Are you bullshitting me? No, they're talking about it outside of the truck. Yeah, when when he's picking up all the trash. Yeah, we're really going to start a wrestling show. That's what Steve James is carrying. That's what Curtis wants to start a wrestling show with Joe. And makes all the cash. (laughs) Yeah. Quite dubious. And like brought up in that scene and never mentioned again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Joe can't remember where he learned martial arts. He uh, yeah. woke up on an island, or like across the island. I don't know where he woke up, but people found him and brought him back, and then he gets in all these hijinks. But before that, he has like flashes of yeah. like, wait, it seems like I know ninja stuff. I just don't know from where. He. This is my favorite exchange in dialogue. Well, what do you mean you don't know where you found this? It's a long story. Well, tell it to me. I have amnesia. Joe, that is not a long story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one of the shortest ones I've ever heard. <laughs> that is that's short for a sentence, buddy. <laughs> well, Chuck shows up and he's like, "Hey, man, I got this date with this sweet babe, and I need this note delivered to her." And uh, 
Jackson can't do it, so we need you to do it, Joe. He's like, hell yeah, I'll do it. So he goes from wearing basically his fighting gear. Let's fight each other gear guys. Mechanics his, his outfit. Greens, yeah. And then puts on a full, his dress full uniform. uniform. It's dress uniform, yeah. Yeah. And he's looking good, just in case he, anybody was wondering. He, he yeah. sure does. He's a handsome man. Oh, yeah. I would touch his hair. Just don't push down on it too hard because you'll notice how big his ears are. <laughs> well, yeah, you wouldn't want to ruin the hair, but you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to touch that, like, right now. I think I would touch the hair just so that I could say I had touched Michael Dudikoff's hair. Yeah, totally, yeah. Right? right? I think he is uh, currently on Venice Beach right now, and uh, he's got a sign that says, touch my hair for $5. So we can totally make that happen, Joe. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. I'll, I'll get a Kickstarter going. So I can <laughs> Send Joe to Venice Beach. So uh, he's like, give me your bike. Jackson, hey, that's my baby. Oh. Tough, tough deals, bro. And uh, you can't get out of here. The guard or whatever's never going to let you leave. Well, fuck that shit, man. I'm taking this bike over this wall. They had a ramp on one side of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you watch this? In they so never ever tell you that. Did you watch this in slow motion? Oh, by the way, the bike jump. Absolutely. It's, the, it's my favorite part of this movie. Oh. What happens to that stunt man? God I want knows. to know the details. <laughs> he loses half his face. His face goes straight. It hits the windshield, and then I'm pretty sure the uh, gas tank as he lands, and then it cuts right away to to the act to Dudikoff on there just being fine driving. Yeah, he, yeah. he like <laughs> looks back and he's like, "Yeah, I totally just did that," and a stunt man totally didn't just lose his entire face. He, yeah. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I tried to find the details on that online, and nobody's got it anywhere. But it is very obviously a stunt fail. Yeah, and that they, they put it in the movie because they did it the one time he didn't get up, and they're like, "Yep, we're using that one." Ew. Yeah. Pretty sure he wrecked the bike too, because oh, the yeah. bike's entire suspension looks like it shatters when it lands. It's twenty. It's easily twenty feet in the air, and there's nothing yeah. to you, make it not crash. Even if it's only down. ten, the shocks aren't going to handle it. No, right? yeah, way too high. So stupid. You know, I would just like to say, since we're talking about motorcycles here, not one mm. of these fuckers was safe. No helmets anywhere. Yeah. No, no, helmets. no helmets. No long. No ankles over the boots, or no boots over the ankles, no riding jackets. I mean, that chick on the back of that motorcycle would have been eaten alive by the road. I'm just saying. And malaria, apparently. And malaria. And malaria, yeah. That's what happens when you don't wear a helmet when you're out biking. And just ride around with your mouth open while mosquitoes fly directly into it. Yeah, if he would have had a face shield, he probably would have been safe. Holding on to Michael Dudikoff's hair. <laughs> that looks strong enough. <laughs> <laughs> So they, uh, he, he shows up at the, the house that he's supposed to deliver this note to, and it's all set up so that he can go on a date with Patricia, the colonel's daughter. Hmm. And they instantly have, like, they're they're hot to trot over each other now. Oh, she's a slut. Yeah. She's been around that base so many times. He's just the, the only one she hasn't. Yeah, but maybe this is like hazing, like like Again. Jackson and Chuck are back at the base going, <laughs> yeah. This is how everybody's first three days pan out. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, your turn to get the clap, buddy. Yeah. I, I think she's just turned on by bad boys, and once she found out that four other guys died because of his terrible <laughs> decisions, she's like, oh, that is so bad. Hot. My dad is going to get so angry at me for this. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> So they uh, they go and have their date, and they go to this restaurant, but uh, 
across the way at another table is Senor Ortega and uh, the Sarge from the base. Yeah. Sergeant Ronaldo, also known as, do you know who else he played in the 80s? The Pink Panther. Mr. Akmonic from ALF. Oh, no oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yes, there was Mr. and Mrs. Akmonic, the neighbors, and he was Mr. Akmonic. It was oh. so weird to see him in this movie again after that. I wonder which role he's more proud of. Probably Alf. <laughs> the first season of Alf is one of the funniest shows that's ever been. The second season was not so good, but season one, hoo that's a show. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, I hope it's as good as I remember. It's as good. I watched three episodes about a year ago, and I was like, nope, that's still funny. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so disappointed by so much of what I used to like. Gordon Shumway. So Joe <laughs> bones down with Patricia. They have their little soiree, and so they're a couple, <laughs> I guess. And... uh the next day, the Sarge comes in, and he's hassling everybody, and he's like, I know something's going on here, which is stupid, because he knows that Joe is the problem. This guy is the problem. Just take care of Joe. Like, send him to latrine duty, and then push him into the latrine, and he's gone. Yeah. Or just transfer or him. Or put him in a truck with a bunch of, uh, of firearms and explosives, and then have it accidentally explode. Oops, we like, lost another truck and Joe, and then yeah. the peasants rejoice. Yeah, and all the other soldiers. Hooray, we can now surrender when the rebels show up again and be alive. Well, you got <laughs> to at least give the sergeant some credit, because he does send him on a truck to go get killed. He's trying to get two birds with one stone, because he needs to get those missiles mm-hmm. to where they need to go to. And he's like, okay, I've, I'll send this guy out at the same time wipe my hands of the whole business all of the things i have to do today are done i'm gonna just go hang out but even that plan is terrible because and it's i think it's senior ortega's plan because says i want him dead i know just how to do it and the plan is to deal with this guy who fought off a bunch of ninjas and seems to have a lot of ninja powers is to have him get ambushed by ninjas again (laughs) i'm like no that's that's not how you should do it to start out it's just a couple of guys in hawaiian shirts yeah. Two guys. Yeah. Then they send the ninjas. Then they send the ninjas. The backup then ninjas. The ninjas. <laughs> like, that's the by color. Blue ninjas. The blue ninjas didn't work again. Yellow ninjas. <laughs> Just send the black ones first time. No, no, no. We got to try these guys out. <laughs> So he goes into this warehouse. Uh, I guess it's just where they park the trucks. And inside is ninjas. And so they have a huge ninja fight. And he just leaves a pile of dead ninjas inside this warehouse. Like, Eight or nine ninjas lose their life in, in this room here. This is the most unconventional ninjaing I have ever seen. Dudikoff's like... What his... about the end of the movie? Okay, well... <laughs> well, until the end of the movie, then it gets, you know, subsequently replaced by that. But, like, Dudikoff's freelancing ninja moves that he's just making up are so strange and mesmerizing. The dives. Yeah. The so many dives. He's just springboarding all over the place into battle rolls and just laying on the ground and... Awesome. Yeah. That was like his one move. He was like, all right, action, and he dives, and that's it. Dives, dives, rolls. If he had to jump over a box, he had to kick his heels up a little bit so it looked more interesting. <laughs> it w- And the ninjas attacking him were terrible ninjas. <laughs> like, half of them made noise before they attacked. Aye! That's, isn't that Ninja 101 yeah. to not go, ah! Like, you can do that after, <laughs> it's, after it's in his belly, then you can go, ah! But not before. <laughs> Terrible. The guy hiding know. in the barrel 
Yeah. Like, that just goes the worst way possible. The, there's a ninja hiding in the barrel for the entire fight scene, and then Dudikoff just randomly stabs the barrel, and a ninja pops out and goes, Ah! That's Dudikoff's ninja sense. He knew that there was another ninja in How that barrel. How long was that guy in there? Oh. What was his plan? I'm not sure. He was actually just trying to escape. <laughs> I'll hide in this barrel. This Dudikoff guy's serious business. Oh! Here, this is going to a different island. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to run the knife course one more time. <laughs> I got to get away from this stupid ninja island. But uh, there's some more weapons stolen. The, these two Hawaiian shirt guys again. Uh, one drives a truck and one drives a motorcycle with a sidecar on it. And I'm pretty sure they hit a, a truckload or a, a cartload of cabbages. And all I can shout is, my cabbages! <laughs> I've seen, I've seen uh, The Last Airbender so many times. That's in my head every time any kind of cart like that gets hit. Yeah, and then Dudikoff kicks the the guy off of the motorcycle and takes it over, and then he jumps over some stuff and through some other stuff. But then he like rides through these this set up barrels, row of barrels that are perfectly set up so that a motorcycle could go right through and them, and then a truck could hit them. It's like there's there's multi layers because there's a couple of boxes and some other things that a motorcycle can go right through and a truck can run over. Uh-huh. Just so like dominoes in the movie set up to be knocked over speaking of knocked over and ran over joe gets ran over ran into yeah the bike goes flying and gets crushed underneath the wheels and but uh he just latches onto the front of it and then sneaks under the undercarriage of the truck and the driver thinks he's dead got him <laughs> finally takes care of that asshole yeah he's like oh mark went up for the hawaiian shirt guys <laughs> yeah. take that ninja team Time to drive straight back to our hideout. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they uh, he gets to sneak into Senior Ortega's house, and uh, he finds the rocket launchers. It's like this is one of the dumbest looking rocket launchers ever because it's got like a milk crate on the side of it, and it looks like it's just made out of the same materials that uh, Han Solo has in the trash compactor at the Death Star. Like it looks almost like a Stinger missile, but obviously made out of pipe and tape. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm I love sure that, what it was, that they couldn't honest. get a battery system going for it, so it had to have a cord so that the light on the front of it could turn on in one of the shots. That's why it had the cord on it, because they oh, had to plug wow. the fucking thing in. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rest of it's just for buttons. It's just got lozenges glued <laughs> to it as well. <laughs> so, uh, so he gets detected. Uh, somebody comes in and sees him, and the re- it brings the rest of the ninjas in. So he climbs up onto the ceiling... And uh, starts escaping, and he run. They chase him out into the woods, where he uh, runs into the ninja gardener, who suddenly now is speaking. He's like, "You, me, we're cool. Go this way," and uh, leads him to a, like a little secret path that uh, the ninjas didn't know about, even though it's on Senor Ortega's property. I guess maybe the that ninja was there gardener- when he moved in. Yeah, did the Ninja Gardener make that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cunningly hidden by his uh, amazing artistic gardening display. (laughs) It was. It was like really big leaves and all that. Hiding in plain sight. Oh, yeah. So what that does is it proves that none of the other ninjas in that training compound ever snuck around looking for stuff. Because once you got past those leaves, you saw everything. 
Well, maybe they're still all week one guys. Because uh, if you make it to week two, then you can explore the compound, but nobody does because they're all dead from ninja training ground. Or yes, in exactly. best case, I think if I was in the ninja training, I'd probably just want to go to bed after eight hours of running through knives. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to not make eye contact with Blackstar because he's probably going to choose you to yeah. die next in your like, next training session. Training camp brethren like, hey, you want to go wander around? Not really, because that's the only activity. Wander around. <laughs> <clears throat> so Joe goes back to the base and he's arrested by the uh, military police because they think he killed one of the guards. And uh, the only thing I can infer is there's one shot before this where the the MP are driving around and they see a guard laying on the ground with a ninja star in his head and then nothing hap- happens with it until 10 minutes later when they're like, hey, you killed a guy. There's 10 ninjas in a warehouse dead as shit. And the guy with the star in his head is like, you killed a guy with the ninja star. His story kind of checks out. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the worst arrests in movie history because you're just like, yeah. uh, dead ninjas in the warehouse. <laughs> Those didn't get cleaned up. Still there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, so. That's that's obviously unrelated. Come on now. <laughs> so Ortega really wants Joe dead now because he's seen the missile. So he knows what's up. Like, uh, we got to really kill him. Sarge, you do step it up a little bit, I guess. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> Steve James isn't buying any of this shit. He's like, that Joe, he's a good guy. I'll stand by him. Let him out of there. And goes all the way to the colonel's house. And the colonel's like, nope. We're, that Joe sucks. No, Joe's cool. And Patricia's like, Joe's cool. Nope, he sucks. But uh, Blackstar, he gives a little exposition that he's going to kill Joe tonight, he's going to sneak into the prison and kill him, but the ninja guarder overhears it all. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Details for later. So Blackstar shows up at the prison, he cuts the power, and Joe's like, his ninja sense goes off because he's laying there, and he's like, ooh, ninjas are on their way. Yeah, and he does this weird hand-folding thing. Yeah, what was that? I think he was just stretching his fingers for uh, what he was about to do. What's he about to do? A little time with himself. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's got nowhere to go. Like oh. nobody's around the corner. Speaking of no one's looking, get these zip. fingers right, limbered yeah. up here. Absolute <laughs> silence. He's like, oh, silence. Excellent. Now I have some alone time. And he just as he starts, he goes, wait a minute, silence. Ninjas. Ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> they ruin everything. <laughs> so, so he. Uh, Breaks, Blackstar breaks into his prison cell and uh, killing some guards on the way. And then he stabs Joe's bed, just like the uh, the ring race in uh, Lord of the Rings. But it's not Joe. It's yeah, like, I liked this part because the Blackstar obviously can tell that it wasn't a body mm-hmm. once his sword hits it. Yeah. Like versus like, oh, I got that done. So at least he's partially not shitty ninja. Yeah. Most of the other stuff is shitty, though. Speaking of shitty ninjas, Joe's just kind of hiding behind a wall. He's he's on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, he's on the toilet. That's not that's not intimidating. It's like, the, look at this guy. It is quite <laughs> literally right over here. It is quite literally the only hiding spot. <laughs> <laughs> you think he would like be pressed against the ceiling or like doing one of those spider crawls where you got your legs in a in, in arms like like Jimmy Wayne U type stuff? No, he's just. Mm-hmm. He's just in his toilet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Again, uh, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. So he attacks uh, Joe, and they fight, and the Joe gets out of his cage, and like because a, a guard shows up uh, for thanks for being a distraction. Sorry that you're dead. Yeah. I'm just gonna leave you to get stabbed in the heart by a ninja. I'm out of here. Joe mm-hmm. runs off, and uh, the ninja chases him. Well, at this point, Joe's lost his faith in the army. Mm. He's just trying to stay alive. So they fight, the ninjas, Joe yeah. and uh, Blackstar. And uh, there, there's a, a lot of dead guards because of this fight. There's the As they fight, there's just guys getting knifed by Blackstar all over the place and chasing. and uh, bodies just, everywhere. Ah, man, it's getting messy up at this army base. And again, all because of Joe. All yep. because of Joe. Had he not started any of this, had he just kept his head down and not done anything, all of these actual human beings would still be alive. Still just walking around doing their normal thing. Yeah. Talking, about, team. talking about last night's episode of Cheers. Yep. Instead, they're dead. And the hijackings. Yeah. Constant hijackings. Yeah. <laughs> Those are kind of a fun time. So, Joe finds Jackson... And uh, they're going to hatch a plan to take down Ortega. But uh, Patricia feels like it's necessary for her to be involved in this plan as well. And uh, it's not a good decision on her part. doesn't work out for her later. No. I don't even know what the hell she thought she was going to do. She's, uh, I'll be your human shield. What are you going to do, Patricia? You have no fighting skills or ability to do anything. You're just cannon fodder. Well, no, she shows up with Steve James to convince him to talk to her dad, right? Uh, yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, they go okay. back, and then she doesn't get kidnapped now. She gets kidnapped when she's managing her snow globe collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, so their their plan is to tell the colonel the whole deal, and uh, so he's like, oh, okay, uh, there's some bad guys uh, hijacking stuff from us, and uh, they're going to sell this here, and it's Ortega, and blah, blah, blah. Well, I'll call it in. And so uh, he calls it in, but it was all a setup, and so the MP shows up again, and... Uh, <laughs> Arrest Joe. Yeah, and he says that that he killed a man. What about the other 13? Yeah. Who killed them? Uh, the entire military police force of this base. Not good detectives. But no. I I do love that Joe goes through a window right here. That's his, like, the dive. The dive through the window. His one move, the dive. And uh, then he gets in a car chase with the Jeeps, which I like as well. He wrecks some of them. Some of them just crash into trees and... Uh, or uh, Sarge like kicks his driver out. He's like, "Give me that wheel! You beat it, Buster!" Yeah, Tosses or I'll the guy. shoot you. Yeah, or I'll shoot you. He yeah. threatens to shoot him with the pistol he's got that he's not shooting at Joe, who's like <laughs> twenty feet ahead of him, while somebody else is driving for him. Like, you've got a guy driving for you. Stick your hand out and shoot this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's got to drive because that's gonna. Um. Yeah, I don't know what it's. Well, I think do. that the the character in this film, the sergeant, should have done some anger management courses, and it's just gotten oh, yeah. the best of him. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little uh, team building experience. Yeah. military retreat, some trust falls. So well, I used to own a jeep, uh-huh. and let me tell you, you do not get into a high speed chase in a jeep. <laughs> Those things were tipping over. All yeah, there's there. no maneuvering in these things. If it goes yeah. on a curve at all, you're just because if you're going over 80, you're like, oh, no. They seemed like they were going about 25. <laughs> yeah, it was like the slowest car chase that I've ever seen in my life. And apparently right. Jeeps are uh, very hazardous when hitting trees because when Ortega crashes, he's going like four. And the tree that he runs into 
is like a baby tree. It's a sapling. Yeah. <laughs> and he explodes. I'm, I still contend that it was his scream that exploded the Jeep. <laughs> his blood curdling is like way early blood curdling scream. He's like, ah! And then slowly hits the tree. <laughs> Dink. No time to jump out of the Jeep. Only time to scream for five seconds. Or push like, the brakes from the brakes, 40 yeah. yards before the tree. <laughs> Uh, I think the military is going to have to look into how explosive their Jeeps are. (laughs) These Jeeps are too combustible. (laughs) So uh, the colonel, it turns out, is working with Ortega this whole time. And uh, so Blackstar breaks into Ortega's house to kidnap Patricia. And that's uh, how they're they're just going to use her as hostage in case the colonel wieners his way out of this deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I I got to ask a question about this scene. Sure. Okay, so he knocks her out right with the neck, neck punch. Neck punch. And then what what is he stabbing her with? Like a like little more, ballpoint more, pen? Like he's double tapping the knockout, I guess. Because I wrote that down yeah. too. The sleeping neck punch is a good ninja move. But then he gets her with some more sleeping poison, I guess. It was just like a knife that he stuck into her neck. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be a, a big needle injecting a sleeping thing into her. But yeah, it made no sense. It, you're, you're totally right. Maybe she's he out. wanted to like, because he's got all that shit up his sleeve that we find out later. He, you know, maybe he hit like the wrong ninja wrist button and out came yes. the injector. And he was actually going to do something else like, poof, flowers. Here she goes. <laughs> <laughs> her What's that behind your ear? It's a quarter. Yeah, but instead he hits the hypodermic needle button and... Uh, <laughs> Let's say he does do a magic trick. He's already knocked her out. She's not going to appreciate it. Well, he's not a good magician. He's a ninja, Sam. <laughs> That's right. Ninjas only do tricks that you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> this is the saddest magic show ever. But, you know, but this is when I felt like things started to get super serious. Because at this point, they really start throwing out the smoke bombs. Uh-huh. You know, so that you could throw down a smoke bomb and then magically appear in the cloud. Yeah. Or disappear, whatever that might be. Well, that's uh, how I knew that this movie was was taking a, a new direction. Well, it's a good thing that they had some foresight because sure as shit, the colonel reneges on this big deal that turns out to be four million dollars. This whole operation is bringing in four million dollars. Yeah. Now I know it's nineteen eighty five, so it's more like maybe uh, fifteen million dollars U.S. dollars in today's money. It seems like this is a bigger operation than uh, what He's they're getting paid for. Be doing it once a week. Yeah, man. Kind of. And with the colonels, this is when the colonel's character sucks the most because it's like, what? What is his? Which is it, buddy? Now he's Colonel Coldfeet. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to 180 again and turn into John Wayne later. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy? So he's a bad guy, a wiener, and John Wayne at the same time. And then a bullet sponge. And then. <laughs> Yeah, and one bullet takes him out. Yep. Nobody else. Yeah. Spoilers I'll give the movie out. one thing. Nobody uh, sort of plays through a bunch of gunshots. I'll, I'll give it that. Mm-hmm. There's not anybody that gets shot and then is just sort of minorly annoyed by it. Yeah, or th- although there is an awful lot of gunplay that is completely useless and doesn't hit anything. Like for the first probably three quarters of the movie, it seems that advanced technological firearms are no match for ancient ninja weapons. It's just bizarre and then they flip that right at the end because well oh, let's do that well the the guys with the guns generally aren't aiming them properly so that would help yeah. there's lots of shots that i have no choice but to, because of how they're shot 
to believe that these guys are the worst aims ever because you get shots of them firing the guns. You hear the guns going, and then there's a shot of what they're supposed to be aimed at, and there is nothing happening at this object. And then, like, three minutes later, some bullets might hit, like, the barrel that the person was standing behind or something. Like, good aiming? You hit it eventually. The guy wasn't there anymore. But, uh... Joe breaks into the house, and uh, he finds the ninja gardener, and so they decide to have some tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for the exposition, I guess. Uh, 90% of the way through the movie. Let's uh, let's flush out Joe's backstory finally. Poorly. <laughs> Poorly. So it turns out that Joe... I don't know how Joe got to this ninja gardener. Like, he's just there. He's on an island with... No pants. Yeah, he's just a child. And the ninja gardener, like, finds him. He's kind of like Moses. Like, ah, here's a child. I will raise you. For, like, a month or something. Because he's the same age the whole time. His parents died, but I don't think they said how. Or why he's on the island. Yeah. And why... Yeah, because the ninja gardener is an old... One of those Jap- I don't know. I think there's a word for them, but they're the old Japanese guys that are stationed on an island and they never learn that the World War II yeah. is over. So mm-hmm. they just keep doing their duty. Yeah. But uh, so Joe gets trained in the arts of ninjutsu at the tender age of six years old and then immediately gets exploded right after that by construction. Construction. Yeah. <laughs> so some white guys find him. Well, we don't know what kind of guys somebody finds him and they ship him back to america america guys find him okay and mm-hmm. uh ship him back to america where six years later he joins the army so he's 12. 12 by the math of the movie joe armstrong is 12 years old huh <laughs> what? Hmm. that's a pretty big one to miss like yeah anybody you had to watch the movie after, and you go, oh, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. He's 12? 12. We need to just, we need to do a little ADR work here and just dub over that and say, 20 years ago, I was six years old. <laughs> but the kid seems like he's 12 in the, it's a, none of it works. Uh, yeah. Well, they, he obviously got kids. great ninja training climbing that tree for yeah. an afternoon. Yeah, like a That's month of ninja training. Maybe less than that. It was a very brief ninja training montage. They needed montage. two kids. They needed a younger kid for the tr- for the tree and an older kid for the bow and arrow, but they didn't. <laughs> they just had the one kid and they just rolled with it. And then they did a bad job with the writing and the math. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Total props to the casting of that kid, though. He absolutely had Dudikoff's chin. And, <laughs> and ears. Yeah, yeah. It could have been like his younger brother, really. Yeah, I wonder. But uh, anyways... So now he's ready for full-on ninja shit, and the ninja gardener has given him his own ninja gi. Is it a gi that ninjas wear? I don't know what the hell it's called. Uh, He's got a whole ninja kit. Pajamas. Well, like, he gets more than that, though. He's got, like, a whole entourage of weapons, and he just gets his own ninja kit. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Here's your ninja kit. Acme ninja kit. And then... $29.95. By the way, Blackstar Ninja has been using the dark arts... Oh, he must die. <laughs> I think that was the best Dudikoff I've ever done. That's a pretty good Dudikoff. Yeah. That guy's no good. <laughs> so 
So now it's time for full all out war. And uh, at, at Ortega's, the, the big wig lands in his chopper and uh, Dudikoff stands on a roof and he's shooting some arrows at the guy and one hits the ground, but then he's dials it in. But Blackstar catches it and then he breaks the arrow that he's caught. And then Dudikoff stands on the roof and breaks his bow and arrow. Fuck that bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's obviously not that great of a bow and arrow guy. Are they like... Is this a hangdown contest right here? I don't know. Like, what is that signifying, Michael Dudikoff? So little of that final fight makes any sense. It's amazing. Yeah, so there's a super ninja battle. Uh, the ninja gardener appears as well, like in a just in a puff of smoke. He puffs in. Yep. And then here comes the army. Army shows up. Steve James on a 50 cal mounted to a jeep, blowing guys away. Charlie's driving yeah he's gonna take that bitch uptown <laughs> yeah i love Tar- that's Charlie's when charlie one. becomes my favorite character uh all the bad guys all of the both the ninjas and the the i don't know what we're gonna call them like uh, mercenaries hired by the bad guys are all just standing right out in the open there are there's two ninjas attacking them and then there's a, an army coming at them and none of them go for cover no there's one shot where a grenade explodes and there's three of them standing around it and the cut is so long like he throws the grenade it lands and you can see the extras just standing there <laughs> And then it explodes and they all jump back. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you'd be running. We know how to shoot these scenes. It's 1985. Hasn't the A-Team been on TV for a long time? You know how to do these explosion deaths. Come on. <laughs> that and then after Charlie takes that bitch uptown as far as the Jeep, he drives it onto the porch and then runs out of porch so they just get out of the Jeep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, it'd be more useful if you kept driving around in that with the machine gun on it rather than fist fighting people. Well, unfortunate news, the ninja gardener gets knifed, and he totally Obi-Wan's out. He just disappears and then lands into uh, Joe's arms. He saves Joe. Yeah, he saves him. He he throws his smoke bomb, jumps right in front of Joe to save him. Mm. Because the Black Star Ninja threw a knife at Joe. Mm. Yep. He sacrificed himself. We should have a moment of silence for his great acting abilities throughout this movie. Which is sort of inconvenient. I mean, like, he didn't need to. I, I assume that with his arrow-catching ability that he would have just caught that knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, Ninja All of Gardner? his ninja powers. Maybe the guy was just depressed. <laughs> he like, was off of his game that day. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the uh, the conservation of ninjutsu trope that we see quite a bit, which is you see this in all these things where like one ninja is the ultimate badass, but a hundred ninjas are just chaff before some kind of machine milling them all down. And so... <laughs> The when ninja the ninja lawnmower. master shows up, there's now two ninjas on the same side, which weakens them. Mm. Right? Yeah. But then the ninja master dies so that there's only one. Right? I, I'm with you, man. Well, why not? Yeah. There ain't not there, this film ain't big enough for the both of us, buddy. <laughs> Beat it. So, they, uh, Joe At this chase- point, I would have kept the old man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Joe chases after Blackstar, and they, they have a big... To do they run fight. They run through the obstacle course. Yeah. And it's like the Black Star's like, oh, I'll run through the obstacle course. But then Joe keeps up with him because he's obviously just as good of a ninja mm-hmm. because he can run the obstacle course. Right. But why? <laughs> <laughs> like if he stepped 
two feet to the right while running, he would have gone around the swinging, spiky oh, yeah. death bales. Or be a ninja and like, he could have been super clever and like jumped up and ran along the pipe on the top. That yeah. would have been so cool. But, yeah. Just follows them through it. And meanwhile, the uh, Black Star, he's got his wrist of gadgets. He's like, uh, his wrist is like James Bond's car. There's just oh, buttons I- in there and God knows what's going to come out of there. He's got a flamethrower in there. Yep. He's got like a like a Gatling gun type thing. Like a, yeah, yeah. knuckle gun. And then the best, the very best, was the wrist laser. Ninja yeah. lasers. Ninja lasers. When did that happen? I, we don't yeah. have laser guns, period. Yeah. Yeah. It, it had to, like, the beam had to be sustained. So it's like he's just making him know that he's got a laser. Because it hits the plant, and then it has to stay on the plant for a while before it blows it up. That's right. If I was to hold this on you, eventually you would blow up like this plant. This would give you a really nasty sunburn if it hit you for (laughs) half a second. Don't stare straight into it. It could cause retinal damage. Just like a laser pointer. Across the uh, Ortega's property, Jackson has found a shirtless man to fight. So they get into a tussle and... uh, there's lots of ball grabbing here, too. <laughs> Steve James goes for the balls, man. He ball punches mm-hmm. and he ball grabs. And he does everything also- to get out of that shirt. <laughs> I also remember Joe doing a pretty nasty ball kick and crunch with his foot at some point in this movie. Like, yeah, they like to go after the balls. Fuck them. <laughs> weak point. Go for the weak point every time. Uh, yeah. Eventually... uh Ortega's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. So he kills the bigwig and takes his money and then uh, takes Patricia to the chopper and the colonel's like, you let her go! But he just ends up getting shot. It didn't work out. And uh, the chopper takes off. Joe and Blackstar are fighting on the roof and and uh, Ortega's like, wait for the ninja! No! Yeah. Get the hell out of there, Ortega! Fuck that ninja! You don't need that ninja guy. <laughs> well, his salsa wasn't selling very well, and so he had to, you know... <laughs> Ortega. <laughs> Ortega salsa, get it? Yeah. I thought it was clever. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they get off the roof, and they fight in the pond, and Joe finally wins, takes down Black Star, mm-hmm. and uh, Ortega takes off. He's like, oh, goddammit, I lost my ultimate ninja, but uh, let's go! But Joe runs up and latches onto the chopper real quick, and uh, they're fighting, they're not, tussling up with the chopper. Not even that quick. Like, the helicopter pilot actually had to move the helicopter forward for him to be able to jump on <laughs> he it. He goes down a little up. bit, too. He's like, yeah. all right, buddy, get on here. Jump <laughs> up, on. jump up, little man. All right, that'll do. So Jackson finds the missile launcher, and Joe grabs onto Patricia, like, we got to get out of here. And they jump onto the roof, and Jackson shoots, exploding the chopper. And uh, that's pretty much a movie. Joe tosses Patricia down off the house and then stands on the top of it and looks cool. Gives yeah, a ninja just... thing, like hand thing. Ninja gaze? Hand well, thing. Doesn't he like do put his hands together all ninja style and that's the end of the movie? Like, no, 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 no. just a close up on his face looking, yeah. I don't know, uh, uh, ninja-y? Cool. Uh, or handsome. I think it was just handsome is what he was doing. Yeah, I think it was handsome. Some blue steel. Yeah, some blue steel. Yeah, yes, yes. I liked it. Yep. So there's your film. Who wants to uh, wants to bring me some questions? Who wants to go first? I think we should let our guests go first. Okay, Joe, you asked the first question. 
Uh, okay, I would like to know what Stephen James's character does uh, after this movie. What do we think uh, he goes on to do? Because he's he's kind of proven himself, right? Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, he's probably one of the higher-ranked guys left alive now. Yeah, there's not very many guys left alive to begin with. Uh, he's killed a bunch of guys. I think at this yeah. point, because he's helped Joe out, Joe's going to have to do the wrestling show for a while. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah. that's a, for, There's many so. other adventures, but probably starts out with that wrestling show that he's <laughs> wanted to do for a while now. That's right. Lots of getting sweaty and grabbing each other like they've wanted to the entire movie. I want to know what uh, Curtis Jackson's job was on the base to begin with. Like, what, what do you do here? He's bud? the fight trainer. Yeah, he's the martial that's arts it? guy. Yeah, he's hand, he's a self-defense trainer. But nobody else that's involved in this movie does any martial arts. Who is he no. training? It's a new program. <laughs> like, Hell, he can't even get him to jog without... <laughs> he's got to learn to crawl before he learn to walk. These guys need to be able to get to two laps before they start punching each other. <laughs> Jackie? What was your guys' favorite kill? Mm. 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 I'll, I'll just go first. My favorite one was at the very beginning of the movie when the guy falls on the pickaxe. Yeah. That is I like that one, one a lot. Like a that one. was like, oh, I like, kind of don't see it coming. I like the guy that took the tire iron to the throat. Did he die or did he just go down? Do you, if you take a tire iron to the throat, do you think you're coming back from that? You're one? not happy. Yeah. I think there's a good chance you're uh, you're dead. I'm going to go with death on that one. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, I'm assuming that he killed the man that he's just sort of stuffed in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's my favorite. Because he puts his hat and, in and there, too. Like, here's your yeah. hat. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't have you get buried without your hat. <laughs> <laughs> just bury him right in that bucket. My favorite has to be Sergeant Ronaldo's death in the Jeep, just because it was just like he had a chance to get out. <laughs> he screamed. It was going slow. It like touched this little tree that actually bent. It went <laughs> down and then explodes into flames. And both myself and my buddy that were watching it just burst out laughing. It was the biggest laugh of the entire film. Because it was just one. so ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe he made it out of there. Who's to say? Maybe American Ninja 2... The return oh. of Sarge. <laughs> He's like burnt guy. He's like Freddy. He's just all kind scarred of. up. Yeah. yeah. My question is, what the hell's Patricia even doing there? Like, why is she on this base? She's clearly an adult woman, right? That's mm-hmm. my question. How old is Patricia? Well, if oh, he's yeah. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, age doesn't matter. <laughs> She's 43. Well, at 12, I'd say it matters. Uh, yeah, I just don't know what the hell. Like, I know she wants to get back to California, but why'd you? I'm gonna go to the military base and live there. Maybe she's just visiting. She's just. Vi- I, I don't I know. Guess she was visiting her dad, but... and she brought her snow globe collection. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's just he thinks she likes that, and that's what she. That's how she was managing it. She was just grabbing the last one and throwing it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy. What happens if that helicopter doesn't go over the house? And no jump? shit. I full on was expecting them to be over the water. Like, because it's just such a trope in movies that, oh, you mm-hmm. have to jump off something. There's going to be safe water underneath you. So I figured that it had flown because they were by a seaside. Uh-huh. And I, I just, because they never really showed the helicopter flying because it's a cheap movie and they just, you know, had it probably 
on a some kind of uh, mount while they were doing all of this. So they're filming up all the time. So you couldn't see where it was filming. And then as soon as they go to jump, it's like, oh, it's over the house. Yeah. Uh, I was totally expecting water. Yeah, to but be where it it, fell. my problem with, I mean, your theory is spot on. Um, but the only thing I'm wondering about is if they had jumped off of wa- into water, that compound that Ortega owns is significantly higher than, than uh, the sea. So they would have been yep. like, whoa, the ocean's a long ways down there. Yeah, I wanted to see a big fall. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a big fall into water. She would have got wet again. He would have got <laughs> wet again. <laughs> he could have dragged her out of the water half unconscious and propped her up and then done his I'm handsome stare as she comes to. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's missing a limb from a shark bite. There you go. <laughs> uh, Joe? Yeah. More questions? Well, I don't have a question. Uh, how about uh, how about this? Uh, I originally the studio chose Chuck Norris to star in the film, but uh, he refused to do it because he wouldn't have his face hidden on camera, which is really only that one last fight yeah. scene. That was weird. So here's my question: How do you think this movie would have been different had Chuck Norris been the star? There would have been way more cowboy boots. There would have been more bodies. There would have been more rocket launchers. Probably no sidekick. And uh, the motorcycle would have had rocket launchers. On it. The bad guy would have had to have been twice as menacing. Yeah, or two bad guys. Maybe a fight scene in a in a plane. Both uh, both motorcycle sequences would have been more badass. Yeah, machine guns. Ooh. Lots more machine guns. The motorcycle could have had rocket packs on it, so that that jump was even cooler. Yeah, he could have jumped all the way to Ortega's from the base. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> It would have started and ended with a stare down, and it was like four seconds long. It pretty much does start and end with the stare down. Yeah, that's true. My question, my last question is, are the ninjas local, or are they imported? Where are they getting these ninjas? they got to be local ninjas, I think. Yeah. They're stealing them out of villages. With the sort of costs that are associated and what we know they're making, these have to be local guys. Are, yeah. are there local Filipino ninjas ever? Well, you can, you know... They, they're they making them, so... There were quite a few Caucasian eyes in those masks yeah. <laughs> when I was watching. Uh, not all of them, so they certainly had some locals, and, and I, you know, I probably wouldn't be able to tell with how quick it was between a Filipino and Japanese, but uh, yeah, uh, probably a mix. It seems like they were probably running out of them pretty quick, so they'd take whoever they could. <laughs> we're going to need more ninjas. Go into town, somebody, and wrestle up some drunks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Go park out in front of the Home Depot. Ninja training. We'll pay you $10 a day. There's actually just three guys that keep defecting from the army to the ninja camp, realizing the ninja camp sucks more than going back to the army, and they just switch sides every two weeks. Yeah. Sam? Why was he wearing eyeliner? I, You know, he wears eyeliner in the Bounty Hunters, too. Does he? Yeah. It's just his thing? I guess. There's a lot of, like... May, well, I don't know. I know he doesn't bounty hunters, but maybe like they filmed a bunch of shit when he was in the ninja mask, and he, you have to wear eyeliner then because it makes your eyes look more. Oh, they just couldn't get it off of there. Yeah, and so maybe they filmed yeah. all the other shit after that. Well, I know that Furstenberg shoots him in a hurry. Yeah. Well. So, gee, did you see this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, Furstenberg versus the other canon directors is it even in a hurry. Like he's Corman fast. It's breakneck. Yeah, uh-huh. breakneck speeds. It could really be just, uh, again, you say cheap, but like, you know, when you film somebody in a long shot, you're going to need a little heavier makeup on them, especially when you want their eyes to pop. 
Uh, and then you'll do a different makeup for a close-up shot. And that's in a, when you're doing a film that you actually care about that kind of thing. Right. So it could have been they just put the makeup on them that would handle the long shots and then didn't bother to do any. They're just, come on over here, we got to do some close-ups. And they didn't change it. So there he is wearing heavy eyeliner for the longer shots in the close-ups. Knowing them, it's not even eyeliner. It's just engine grease that they shoe polish. Yeah, shoe <laughs> polish. Oh, that didn't come off at all. Yeah. We're gonna need a. We're gonna need a hose. Well, I do have the answer to any other questions about this film. Oh, how's that? Because ninja. <laughs> because ninja. <laughs> That's Menahem Galan's answer. Because ninja. Because ninja. Because ninja. What do you think happens to the daughter, the corporal's daughter, after after you know the whole fight at the base scene goes down? She gets tired of Joe after two days, which really aids in him doing the wrestling show with Curtis. Yeah, and she, she just, just leaves. Goes back to yeah. banging the new recruits. Yeah. Ooh, I think she's going to join them in the wrestling show. She's going to be the, uh, you know, the manager. She's Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, yes, Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> and there's a whole Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage uh, thing between the two of them. Oh, fantastic. But then they become buds again, of course. Oh, yeah, you've got to have the heel turn and the hero turn and all that stuff in the wrestling. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking this is a good theory, and I would watch that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, we still have American Ninja 2 coming up, so... Well, uh... I hope they go on the wrestling show. (laughs) (laughs) American Ninja 2, that wrestling show we were talking about. (laughs) Ninja wrestlers. (laughs) Does anybody have any more questions? No. No. Not about the movie. All right, so final recommendations of the film... We're going to start with Jackie. Jackie, are you going to recommend American Ninja? Uh, yes, actually. Um, I kind of had my doubts about it. I'm not going to really? lie. Really? Hmm. But then the Dudikoff was just so fucking handsome. And like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was just all about that hard nipple shot. And like, <laughs> you know, the, the dangerous stunts that you obviously know the stunt guy did not walk away from. And the diving action in this movie really got me. Mm-hmm. It really got me in the gut. You know, I felt something. It's not not your typical battle roll. It's it's a dive. It's a dive. It's a straight up ouch. Yep. Get my face in the cement dive. Now you're down yeah. there. <laughs> Good Joe job. Fol- Joe Foljam, your thoughts. Uh, I would absolutely recommend this movie. It is not a good movie. Like, uh, So when we do Caustic Soda, I end up watching a lot of really bad movies for our research because we also cover the pop culture aspect of things. Uh, And I have seen movies that have left scars in my soul. And I don't even believe in having a soul. Uh, (laughs) And this movie is just really dumb and fun. Uh, Like, if you were to able, if you're able to like disengage your brain and not ask all these questions that we're asking, because a lot of them just kind of whiz by. So if you don't worry about them, it's actually kind of fun and cheap and silly and totally worth laughing at, uh, while still not being a good movie at all. So yeah, definitely recommend it. And it's up on YouTube for free. Yeah, that's Watch one it. of the awesome, more awesome parts. Sammy. Yeah, it's starting to like every time I see it, I like it more. It's really starting to flirt with honorable mention on Hall of Fame. It's really good. It's a really fun time. It is a really fun time. And Dudikoff is just... Oh, man, the guy went on to make... They're chasing the dragon with Michael Dudikoff because it's just <laughs> like, oh, we want to get that American Ninja thing from from the very beginning. That one hit you gave us, Michael, can you do that again? Yeah. And he never... It, it's almost there each time. Avenging Force was really 
not good. No, it really wasn't. But uh, oh, come on, Michael, do it. He's just so awesome in this movie. Yeah, he's he's electric, and uh, I love him. I've always been a fan of Michael Dudikoff. I just man, I'm running out of Michael Dudikoff movies that I haven't seen, and it breaks my heart. Go out and watch American Ninja right now. You have no excuse not to. The uh, yep. in terms of bad action films too, this is a sustained level of ridiculousness constant action it never stinks. lets off of the accelerator yeah it's always stupid laughable <laughs> dumb action that's great yeah it almost mm. makes me want to get off the couch and actually maybe try some ninja moves but then <laughs> i would be too drunk and then i'd fall Full over and hurt myself and the dive wouldn't look as cool when i did it so <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even go there yeah i have to take part in your medical bills i'm gonna kibosh that one no <laughs> i mean i could even swing off the porch into the pond area for the helicopter scene. And and then me and Joe would get our happy ending of the water scene <laughs> from the helicopter. It'd be like, yeah, woo. <laughs> Scare all the fish in the pond. And then they'd be like, what are you doing out in the backyard? Uh, American Ninja. American Ninja. Don't worry about it. I'm training <laughs> for awesomeness. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. You've been an absolute treat to have. Uh, you are more than welcome back anytime. Uh, we're. I think we're going to still try to get uh, Kevin and Torin on the show as well. Um, yeah. I had Torin scheduled a, a couple weeks ago, uh, and I'm totally blanking on what movie he was going to do, but uh, that's riveting internet commentary that you I just gave. Yeah, way to go, dude. <laughs> way There's to think out loud and uh, put it on the internet. I, I don't know if it's been announced publicly, but the reason Torrin is not as available as he normally is is because his band, who many people might know of, uh, know of the darkest of the hillside thickets, is recording a new album. Ooh. And they're trying to get that all done in a month. So oh, my God. Super crunching to get yeah, that done. Yeah, no kidding. And, and, and you guys are still doing the show on the normal schedule that you're and doing. We're still doing our show, yeah. Man, man. Can you uh, give us and, some spoilers on any uh, upcoming topics? Oh, uh, the next one that we're recording, so it won't be up for another month or so, is Killer Plants. Ooh. Yeah. Like yeah. Venus Flight. They all, I, Those don't kill people. Well, they, they kill, kill flies. They yeah. kill things. They, kill they are killers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's going to be a pretty heavy pop culture segment. <laughs> well, we do pop culture, right? So we're going to be watching Little Shop of Horrors. Of uh, I'm going to be watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a couple episodes of Lex, because there's an alien in there that's a plant yeah, human who eats there is. people. Hmm. So I get to do all that research. Torn's doing the sciencey research. So he's, I think, looking at poisonous plants, but other plants that might kill you somehow. I, I don't know about that. We kind of uh, we separate the research so that when... One of us is talking about something. The other two get to react to it like live so that we right. can go, hey, wait, how's that work? And get a conversation going back and forth instead of just reading things out. Uh, I really like that. But it also means uh, I don't really know what we're going to talk about in Killer Plants. Yeah, it does. But, uh, you do are, are able to translate that really well uh, um, during the podcast because uh, it, it. I don't know how you guys keep that th those things so separated but it's very clear and uh the the dialogue flows really well between the people that haven't read that particular piece of information that's well, that's where most of the comedy gold comes from is just like wait what the heck did you just say and then jokes aplenty yeah. after that i just like your guys's voices oh thanks huh it's i Torrance shut up don't glare me like that <laughs> I'm not glaring at you. You just talked about Michael Dudikoff's sweaty chest for an hour. So I know, but then I've got this thing now where you know, I because I don't know what the caustic soda people look like. I I don't know what you look like, and so 
Cody, just... you look like Michael Dudikoff because you're never allowed to talk to my wife again. <laughs> uh, I am a thin white guy with uh, short brown hair. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no, he could be a Dudikoff in disguise. Uh, I don't know. You'll have to disguise. I'm on, if you go to the Caustic Soda uh, webpage, there's a picture of us at the very top. And where can we, where would we go to for that? That would be causticsodapodcast.com. We're also on iTunes and uh, all those different places. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, Twitter, all that junk. But uh, Caustic Soda Podcast is the place you want to go to find us. Okay. And we will, of course, put links up all over our website as well, which is at sneakermadness.com. So if you would like to know more and we want to make it easier on you, just go to our uh, website and we'll have links to the good stuff that they provide. Uh, Joe, we, we like to close out each one of our episodes with uh, having the guest give our little tagline at the end. Do you want to give us your best get to the chopper? Oh, I would love to do that. Uh, let, hold on. Let me get a drink here. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. I'm, syllabus, syllabus, little, cannabis syllabus. I'm a little parched. <laughs> get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper. Joe, what's Canada like? <laughs> uh, I like it a lot, uh, especially, <laughs> after our, especially after our recent election, to be honest. Um, we had our version of Bush up here for like 10 years and as somebody who, you know, saw that not do well for you people down there, I was like, why did we do this? <laughs> uh, and it just kept it kept getting worse and they kept dismantling government services that Canada's super proud of. Uh, don't even get me started on this crap. Uh, we elected a progressive, young, feminist, intelligent leader this last election. And like... All of my friends who for the past probably five years we've been like, oh, what's up with our government, are now walking around going, oh, uh, it's Canada again. Neat. Oh, we're going to have uh, our medical services still covered and we're not going to have private prisons. Neat. That's awesome. Hey, what uh, about that thing that you were talking about not that long ago? I, I don't know if you guys uh, ever did a follow-up on it with the... Uh it's it was kind of like our Patriot Act, where the the government could basically they didn't need a warrant to do anything this. anymore when it came to terrorism. Uh yeah, that was something that the uh, the Harper government tried to push through. I'm pretty sure that the uh, that we stopped it. Oh, good, because that was bullshit. Remember. You guys were saying that what the specifics were on the show, and I was like, oh my god, that's worse than anything that. Any the, the the NSA or any U.S. government agency has ever done, as far as that's as completely as you know. violates every single human being's civil rights. Yeah, uh, that might have been a while ago. I can't remember what that was. I've kind of left all of that our government behind now, and I'm in this point going, "All right, he says he's going to do this, and so far he's been doing everything he said, and I like everything he's saying. So I'm going to be optimistic. It feels weird." To be optimistic after so many years, I'm, I'm sure you can kind of uh, understand that, I guess. Well, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. In some ways. Anyway. No, we're still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, we're just... Yeah. But you can only get so pissed off, right? Like, right. it doesn't help yeah. anything. Yeah. Like, if you're really going to get that pissed off, you just got to start writing letters to your senator. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Oh, he's tapping his foot old. in the bathroom. And, and he tell... doesn't have time for that. Well, he, you know, sometimes they send letters back that say, stop it. <laughs> 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 we really are reading these. Just stop sending them. <laughs>